Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is a show where we cover the news from the past couple of weeks in the video game industry. We try to give you a look at what has been happening, what important stuff has been happening, and with a little bit of analysis when it's relevant. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja and I'm com coming to you live from Japan. Uh, that's the reason I didn't do a show last time. Apologies for that. Uh, I, I even got a couple of messages from people who were missing the show. Thank you very much. Um, so we're not going to cover everything that's happened in the past month, but we are going to cover some of it, uh, especially since we have two wonderful guests that are going to be able to give us uh, perfect analysis of stuff like why we should, uh, as my understanding is, cancel our pre-orders for VR. Right, Jeff Canada? Uh, mine arrives tomorrow, so I, I did not cancel. Oh, uh, I did not you, you didn't go through with not going through with it. No, I can't. I, I'm so excited about VR. Are you kidding me? I had a guest on my show who was trying to get me to cancel my. I know that's why I, I said that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. No, I, no, my Vive arrives tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, that's what the the FedEx tricking tracking number tells me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a tricking number. Yeah, <laughs> a tricking number would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that seems to be the number I have for my Oculus pre-order is a nice tricking number because every time yeah. I check it, it's a different date. Yeah, that's that's hard. And that that voice that you're hearing is that of the amazing uh, Scott Johnson, which is your traveling circus name, I believe. Uh, how's it I going? Amazing. That's very uh, uh, the big tent uh, introduction here. No, I, I appreciate that. It's always good to be on here, dude. I'm I'm happy to be on, and I hope you're doing well in in Asia so far. I'm sure yeah. they love you there. Oh well, I don't know if they love me. I've gotten a few, uh, you know weird looks as a foreigner although you know there's so many foreigners now i don't know if it's because i'm living close to the kyoto station but it feels like there's so many more than when i was uh living here it was 15 years ago but um yeah it's it's weird you know the weirdest the weirdest thing about this country nowadays try to take a guess um no not tentacles video. and yeah no we, um, yeah exactly underpants and in, in, <laughs> in vending <laughs> machines vending machines yeah yeah that is pretty part. weird yeah it is uh and i can confirm that's not an urban legend by the way i uh i saw one a vending machine selling underpants used underpants no less uh but that was 15 years ago and i don't think they've changed that you know uh defining characteristic of their uh, society but no the other thing is they don't play video games it's so disappointing they basically have almost no games in their arcades they have like uh, uh ufo catchers and like you know the little catching machines rhythm games but no proper actual gamer games and uh the other thing is 
They don't have 3DSs. I've seen maybe one in the subway o- over the past two weeks. It's incredibly disappointing. So the gaming landscape is changing over there, it seems like. And um, it feels like it's all like, tell me of these pachinko machines. Is that I keep hearing those are everywhere. Is that illegal? Is that like a gambling thing? Or what the hell is a pachinko machine? So a pachinko machine is basically a mix between a, a slot machine and a pinball. And uh, you basically throw dozens and hundreds of balls into the thing. And you're supposed to to uh, um, change the strength of the sling thing that throws them in the machine and then they bounce on little pins and if they fall in the right uh, hole then you earn more balls and then you can exchange the balls for uh it's little metal you know pebbles um and then you can exchange them for uh gifts which are like little uh, uh anime figures or teddy bears or stuff like that and at that point you're like what what use is this for why is it illegal well, it turns out when you have those little gifts, you can turn around, go to a little shady shop uh, two meters away from the giant pachinko thing and exchange that quote unquote gift for money that where, you know, they buy the thing. So basically it's a gambling thing. It's completely run by the, the mafia, by the Yakuza. Um, and yeah, it's been going on forever. It, oh. I had no idea. I yeah. thought this was like a big Konami thing. That that's why they were giving up video games because they were getting all into the pachinko business. Well, I'm sure Maybe they, they are too. And you know, the mafia. There are so many of them that the mafia needs to buy them somewhere. So um, yeah, they they are still uh, doing that. But uh, yeah, it it is it is not video games. It, it it's something else. It's uh, I'm not sure. I you know I don't really like it. It's not people who enjoy video games who play those. So yeah. Anyway, so that's that, and uh, and then talking about 3DS, there are no 3DSs, but Nintendo is getting two cell phones, I guess they have to. Uh, Mitomo has been out for a few weeks. I've been playing it. It's been downloaded, like, I don't know, millions of times. It's making hundreds of uh, thousands of dollars for Nintendo every week. Uh, I don't really like it. Do you guys, have you fallen in love with those silly little me's that go around and tell people what they think? <laughs> I can't I hate I it. I, have you not even Jeff, have you downloaded it even at this point? I downloaded it and then I never really even <laughs> tried it. I just I downloaded it because everybody was downloading it. It was oh my goodness, everybody's downloading it. And I I don't think I've even opened the app on my phone once. So well, it's a different on my end. I kinda went like, Oh, the Zeitgeist is everybody's getting this and it's a Nintendo thing, so I probably should get it and then I messed with it for a few minutes, laughed at the voice modulator thing and then i kind of hate it and i don't want to pick it up again i find it just really obnoxious and not a game at all and i don't find it all that social either it's got all the problems nintendo always seems to have with social and friends lists and you know people having to dig up their old nintendo membership thing and well which one is it is it the one to the old store or the new store and you know you should be able to just search twitter or check your contacts or oh, something you can't do and, that uh, you can't well, the Twitter thing I don't think was there at launch anyway. Is it's, Maybe it is now, but it wasn't there when I tried it. Okay. It annoyed the hell out of me because I was like, well, I got like three friends and this is dumb and I quit playing it. <laughs> okay. So you're not you're not in love with me, Tomo. Um, no. Okay. Jeff either, me either. Um, there are a lot of people using it, but I just, I think it's one of those things where you have the diehard Nintendo fans um, that go, oh my God, I want to play it because it's Nintendo. And as you were saying, but... I'm not sure I've seen a lot of people actually thinking that it was an awesome experience. 
So I, I, mean, I, I don't know what the intent of it is other than, I mean, Nintendo's, this is their first foray into mobile, and uh, it's an e- it's probably an easier way in than them developing a full-scale, yeah, I don't know, Mario experience or something. Um, so, you know, I think it's fine for what it is, and it may be, it's probably, you know, tailored made for somebody, but I just don't think it's... No, I think it's, it's, it's uh, to test their infrastructure. Uh, it's the thing they're developing with DNA. It's, you know, a, an easy way and an actual app that's going to make money. Uh, but it's mostly to test their network, their infrastructure, making sure things are, are, uh, you know, up to speed before they launch the actual, you know, Mario or Zelda or whatever game that is going to be downloaded, not just millions, but dozens of millions of times. Um, I think that's the intent there. Um, dozens of millions uh, <laughs> it's um it's interesting i feel like there's these things that come and go so quickly uh you know everybody was into my idol for a while and then and then everybody was into bitmoji and then you know uh there's like these these little social things that are big flashes in the pan and everybody's got to download and put themselves in the thing and send a hundred little you know you know, Instagrams of their little character doing a stupid, silly thing. And, and Mitomo kind of did that for about a week. And now it, I don't really see it anymore. I feel like these things are, they're fun diversions for a while, but they're not really much meatier than that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know when the last time there was one where it's really stuck. Maybe it was something like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Snapchat, Instagram, those sorts of things held but there have been a billion cents and then now these things that are more quirky like space swapping and stuff they're just they have no shelf life yeah maybe that's just the nature of mobile and you get the money you can while you can and then you get out and do another one i guess well in gaming at least i think the problem is we haven't seen real gamer games or very few of them you know when when you have them uh they are pretty sticky i'm thinking of things like well obviously hearthstone but that's kind of a you know a, a side thing uh but things like um uh uh hero oh, oh my god hero academy for example was an awesome game everyone played it for a good six months and i think it held up um we're seeing capcom has announced that they're getting serious about mobile games um they're they've announced that you know uh, all right now mobile games is is an important thing and i think seeing the landscape in japan i sort of understand it it's like everyone you know all they do is they have more mobile phones usage than we do in the west uh for different reasons but uh yeah i think the the fact that serious game companies are getting into this means that hopefully we're going to see some more gamer games and less you know pastime time waster games like the, the you know the the candy crush and all of those crappy but that's not really what people want on their phones i don't even think i want a gamer game on my phone i think i you know i think that's what you'd want is a time waster you know i i think there are more quality time wasters like you know i was really into threes for a while and uh i i just don't think that i'm looking for a game that i'm gonna you know hunker down and really concentrate on on my phone because what I want to play on my phone is a game that I can play while I'm standing in line at the grocery store or, you know, have uh, sitting in a doctor's waiting room and, you know, need to fill 20 minutes. That, that's really what I want out of my phone, I think. Well, what they, they're, it's, it's fun to watch things like um, Clash Royale bridge the gap a little bit because they've created a game that is, that fits that quick game while I'm standing in line or waiting at the dentist office or whatever. Um, but it's also, 
super intense and now in sort of esports circles to some uh, consternation of some players, but oh, but nonetheless, so you know, dumb. there's competitive tournaments. I know it's super dumb, but there's some you know competitive tournaments going on, and there uh, people are super super into it and kind of quote unquote hardcore about Clash Royale. But the simple fact of that game is it can be played in these short bursts, and that's maybe the holy grail. I don't know who's going to reach it. Maybe that's what this is, and they've reached it. But the, I think the goal is like what is what matches that play style, which I completely agree with, and then also keeps you coming back for those short, short bursts and, and games like that seem to have started to figure it out. And there are a bit, the problem is there's a glut that never do. And there's, you know, they just clutter up the store and, and die after a week of, of interest. So it's, it's a weird, what a weird place mobile is anyway. I think, I think, you know, there's a little bit, we're looking at mobile as if, you know, we're looking at gamer games on mobile as if they had to appeal to the immense population that plays on mobile. I think it's a subset, you know, gamer games would be a subset, not of people who would all of a sudden start playing, you know, Dark Souls while, while they're waiting at the doctors, uh, but rather people who w used to be playing on their 3DS or their the few who were playing on their PlayStation Vita, um, you know, it, I think there is a place for those people. And you're right, Scott, it is that the, the best example I've seen is possibly uh, Clash Royale, uh, which is actually very different in my mind from something like uh, uh, Candy Crush, because Candy Crush really isn't, I don't think you could call it a gamer's game. Clash Royale, it does require require skill. You do get better at it. You have strategy. It's it's uh, gameplay wise, it's very uh, well crafted. So I think there's a spot for that, and I think it's going to be very interesting if I I would like to say when, but I think I need to say if uh, some real gamer companies uh, like Capcom and Nintendo and others start making games for mobiles that are not in the time waster category but maybe in the in-between or even i mean jeff you're saying you don't want that but have you ever played uh on a 3ds on the train or you know a serious game on, on your 3ds i live in los angeles we don't have trains um <laughs> you never get on planes ever just bad traffic <laughs> No, I, I no, I, I definitely I, I enjoy mobile gaming and I and I like those those meteor experiences. I I find myself sort of desiring that less and less, but because I'm I much more rather just open a, my Kindle or, or you know watch a movie on my iPad or something. But you know when those those great games come out, you know a lot of people are trying to get me to try. Um, the one you guys are talking about, which I have not done yet, uh, because Clash I'm afraid Royale. I'll actually get. Yeah, yeah, Clash Royale. Because I'll, I'll uh, I'm afraid I'll get. I have a bunch of friends who are into it. And I'm afraid I'll get really into it. But yeah, you know, I, I play a lot of Hearthstone on the on the go and and that stuff. It's uh, when when those games grab hold, they really do grab hold well. But I just don't know. I, I guess I associate gamer game as you as you called it with something a little uh, more time consuming and sort of narrative based and stuff. But I think you're right. These these sort of in between games that offer a beefy experience have some role-playing hooks, have some stuff to, to shoot for. Uh, they can hook in, you know, serious gamers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I ended um, up buying a controller, Patrick. Can you believe that? But controller for my, I got an iPad Pro and I thought, hey, wouldn't this be cool <laughs> if I had a controller to go with it? Because a lot of games started coming with that default stuff built into it. And I thought, yeah, this is, this will bridge my, my gap between mobile and hardcore. And I can find games where control is the problem. And therefore that'll extend the life of the games. And, 
it didn't really. Yeah. It didn't really, <laughs> I was I was a little bit yeah, I was sort of convinced that this would help. Actually, I think there's some of what Jeff said. Basically, when you're in, you know, public, not public transport, sorry, in Los Angeles, that doesn't exist. Uh, in the train or in the plane, you really just feel like watching a movie or something. So, yeah. The truth about me, honestly, and, and you know, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It may be a bad thing. But the truth about me is that when I game at this point in my life, I tend to want the best possible experience. And that means, you know, in front of my big screen TV or in behind my PC with the settings cranked up to the max or, you know, when I, I really want to hunker down and play or, or, you know, put on the VR goggles or whatever, I want to play games in a setting that is the most impressive and the, and the, and I'm completely, my attention is completely on the game, which is why I find myself mobile gaming less and less. So basically, you're only going to be playing on your HTC Vive from now on, which hopefully you will be getting at some point in the not-too-distant future, because uh, what we heard... (laughs) Really? Are you sure, though? I'm getting mine tomorrow! That's what the tracking number says. I'm getting it tomorrow. (laughs) The tracking number says so. Um, Yeah, so basically, (laughs) there's been been, um, issues in manufacturing and delivery for both the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. Uh, A little bit more serious on the Oculus Rift side, uh, it seems that the shipments have been delayed for weeks, if not uh, months, um it's it's sort of uh, a little bit surprising because everything seemed to be in place but i guess they are both sort of i mean hcc is used to manufacturing uh consumer products maybe rift is just a company starting out but um both have had issues so the hcc vive is is more back on track, let's say. Some of the ordering issues were due to uh, uh, credit card billing uh, problems and stuff like that. But um, yeah, everyone who's who has gotten them is saying that uh, it works pretty well. The experiences are cool, although maybe lacking some long-term uh, killer apps, killer games. Um, but yeah, you're Looking forward to yours, Jeff. Or what is your? I mean, both Jeff and Scott. You, did you order one, Scott? The you ordered the yeah, Rift, not, right? I ordered a Rift, and and at this point, I'm questioning what I should do given the delays. I mean, I'm, I think I'm two months from when they told me originally, and it keeps changing. And it's, if it changes a third time, I'm probably going to um, cancel it and get a Vive, and which is really too bad. It doesn't mean I don't want or don't think that the you know, that the Oculus isn't going to be something great. I have fully expected to be great at what it does. Um, but I, I hate this thing. I, it's not even that I can't, it's not that I can't wait. I just hate that I'm being told that this thing I thought I was supposed to have in May, I'm not going to get told. Yeah, it's you know. like Christmas is next like, week. And then you get to the next week and you say, oh, well, no, wait, wait, wait. So, so in three weeks, Christmas sure. is canceled. <laughs> no <laughs> Christmas for you. It's crap. Uh, yeah, that is what it feels like a little bit. So, all my friends getting vibes, or who already got the Oculuses, I'm you know incredibly jealous and wish I had it. And and I'm to speak to your whole thing about killer apps. My expectation going into this is that there wouldn't really be any right off the bat. That it would take a while. That it would be mostly impressive sort of tech demos. And I think I'm okay with that um, because what I'm most interested in in VR is not finished, polished complete games those are interesting to me but it's not my main focus my main focus is what are the experiences i'm going to have with this thing that i cannot have in any other way 
And that stuff's going to come over time. It's going to come through weird indie developments that no one's thinking of right now. It's, um, you know, it's not going to be EA with the first greatest thing. It's going to be them, you know, trying to catch up to somebody else's wacky idea. It'll probably come from, you know, kind of more of a grassroots effort. So it's, it's that stuff. Visiting places I'll never see and seeing worlds that can't exist and stuff like that's more interesting to me than, you know, Eve Valkyrie or... Or you know most most gamey games that that have been shown so far. Very reasonable, um, Jeff. I guess you're. Yeah, I think you're the person that has been the most excited about VR that I've heard, at least in the uh, uh, in my environment in the podcasting and uh, online. Um, that hasn't soured you on the uh, expectation. I guess I was going to say the experience, but. Uh... No, I'm definitely, uh, you know, in Scott's camp of like, you know, just waiting for Christmas and Christmas keeps getting postponed, which is a real big bummer. <laughs> um, but it's still Christmas, you know, it still feels like it's going to be Christmas when it finally is Christmas. It's just, uh, you know, I, I ordered my Oculus. I was sitting there as soon as it went on sale and was refreshing and trying to get through and the website kept crashing. And I finally got my order in 12 minutes after it went on sale. And now I have been told that end of May is when I should expect my my Oculus, which is oh, a full wow. two months, two months after the the thing was supposed to have quote unquote launched, and that's that's very disappointing. You know, I, if you can't fill the that amount of orders when you have so much lead time, I mean, these orders were being placed in February. This is not this it should not have been a surprise to them how many they needed to fill, and the communication has been poor. There's this vague uh, thing about component shortages but it's like you know how do you not know that when you have a such a long build-up to the release and uh, it, it just seems like it's been handled very poorly and it, it is very frustrating but uh i do think these experiences are going to be worth the wait yes at the at the beginning we're not getting um you know the type of long triple a experiences that i hope we end up getting soon but um That really has more to do with the fact that developers are just starting with this technology, and they really have to completely relearn all of the things that they take for granted in games. They have to relearn how to do cameras. They have to relearn how to uh, progress a story forward and not make you backtrack because it feels weird in VR to have to like twist your head around and go back where you came from. And all these really interesting lessons that are being learned because this is a completely new technology. Uh, and, and I find that very exciting because I think that's going to really rewrite the rule book in a, in a really exciting way. And we're not going to get As Scott mentioned, we're not going to get just the same old experiences over and over. We're going to get some new things happening. And I got a chance this week actually to go to uh, Insomniac Studios, uh, the guys who make Ratchet and Clank and a bunch of other stuff. And they just announced three – well, one had already been announced. But they announced two more VR uh, exclusive games for the Oculus. And um, you know some really exciting, interesting stuff. And this is from a big AAA developer. And you know, Edge of Nowhere is this – really um familiar third person action game that feels like a tomb raider or a or a uh, uncharted type game but done in vr and vr makes it more exciting and more present you, you know when you jump over a chasm it's crazy because you look down and you see how far you could fall and it feels like you're really there and they had this other game feral rights which is a you know it's like a zelda or a, a darksiders but You get to transform into this monster. And again, it's a third-person action game. So it's it's games that they're used to making but done in VR. And I think uh, I think it's really exciting. And I'm I am ready to have these brand-new experiences and feel something that's fresh and exciting uh, in the video game space. 
and feel something. Finally, (laughs) I can feel something. (laughs) No, I I I understand. I I think, you know, I think it's very, um, as gamers and as enthusiasts of anything i think it's always that there's there are a few moments every few years where you feel like there's a potential for something new and different and powerful and and vr definitely has that potential and it's i think it's cool to get excited about stuff right it's it there is an inherent uh um Positivity, joy. joy. Yeah, you're right. exactly. Thank you. A joy in in getting excited all together and thinking, yes, this is going to be awesome, right? Um, and that definitely is there for VR. Uh, exactly as you're saying. What what I like to compare it to is the uh, era of video games when we got into 3D, where it took like two or three years for developers to figure out where to place the camera and how to handle the 3D worlds. And that that took a while. People forget now, but uh, games used to be graded uh, and ranked on like how good the camera placement was and, you know, whether or not it would get stuck in the background or that kind of thing. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing for VR for a while. Um, those manufacturing issues, though, make me think yet, I mean... Some listeners start making fun of me because I always say I think Sony has a leg up on all of this and and you'll see and Sony is going to be, you know, selling so many of those. I think that's also something that Sony is used to is manufacturing large scale consumer products and they're going to be on the shelves everywhere. Um, I think that is yet another reason why Sony, I think, is is better placed in that race than uh, the others, even though the product is arguably technically inferior. Um, well, more, well, I think. I, yeah, go, go ahead, Scott. Well, uh, I was just going to say, the, for for me, more than the technical inferiority side of it, <clears throat> there's a the, the problem I'm going to have with the Sony, and I and I want the Sony, and I actually think it's I, I'm kind of with you on its potential to be ma- more mass market, um, and it is it, for me, it's more attractive as a these guys know retail, they've been shipping game consoles and high demand products for years and years and years. I don't expect weird rookie delayed shipping. Uh, part shortage type vagaries from them. So that's their advantage for me. Uh, the disadvantage is I just don't see the weird, like underground strangeness that's going to come out of these other two. These other two are going to inspire guys in their garages, two man teams to do things that we never thought of. And Sony's got a relatively close system. They're open to third party developers, but they're not really interested in kind of the wacky stuff. You have to install weird and sideload in a funny way and make, functional and and really you know really get down and dirty and get your hands dirty the way both vive and and oculus are going to allow people to to get and it's like the difference between pcs and consoles it sort of carries up so that's my current sort of view of that landscape i'm I'm curious what you'd say i'm I'm totally with you on that but but i actually think that may end up being a very positive thing for vr because i i think if if really the the way most people get into vr is in a closed system that hopefully Sony is smart enough to really buckle down and say, hey, we are not going to certify anything on this thing that gives people nausea, that, you know, dips below a certain frame rate, that, you know, that they can really preserve a very positive experience for the end user. I think that end up may, being, uh, may end up being a good thing because all that side-loaded fun stuff that you and I are, are excited to do also is fraught with peril, you know, in, in this yeah. phase. Yeah. Uh, for the sort of end experience. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's funny in light of that, what we know is coming with, um, uh, well, not, not that we know this for sure, but the Sony's at least considering bringing PSVR to PCs. Um, and in doing so, they're kind of opening themselves up to that. So they could have it both ways. They could have their cake and eat it too. They basically could have their closed controlled system as the flagship method, but also people could hack around and dork around with this thing on PCs. If, you know, if that's how they position it, I don't know that they will, but yeah, it that's was- a big deal. And the price is so much lower that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a actually kind of a huge deal if they follow through with that. Yeah. I, I, it was a very noncommittal, uh, mention in passing in an interview i think it's interesting that they're considering it and if they did bring it uh to the pc it would be a pretty big deal um i also think however that the issue is the market is going to be way too small for you know the the other devices for a while um for at least the this year and possibly longer and so those developers that are going to develop successful stuff I think they're going to bring all of them to all of the devices and including uh, the PlayStation if Sony lets them. Uh, and if they're, you know, compelling experiences, then they will. There are no, I don't think there are going to be uh, long term exclusives. In, you know, maybe if uh, Oculus starts doing first party stuff and maybe if Valve starts doing, uh, uh, you know, some Valve game sequel, uh, possibly in VR. But, uh, Already, well, we're seeing. Is, no, they're already doing first-party stuff. I mean, that's all the stuff that was announced at uh, Insomniac is exclusive to the Oculus. Um, there's already hacks to play any Oculus game on Vive, and evidently, Oculus has con- said they consider that a hack, and they're going to put an end to it, which is a little bit of a bummer. But uh, I, I think you're fundamentally correct in the sense that you know all of these developers probably are going to want to support as many of these platforms as possible but there will definitely be exclusives especially from Sony uh who you know has first party developers on the you know that will be making stuff just for their system so there'll be a little bit of that but i think you're fundamentally correct and I, and honestly as a fan of the technology and and somebody who wants it all to succeed i think Anything that can make this catch on and make people realize that it's really, really cool is a positive. Yeah. 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 And I meant I meant for, you know, the, the little two people team that are going to be developing stuff in their garage and that are going to find out this is awesome in VR. Those, I think, are going to be on, on most platforms. Um, but yeah, anyway. No, all right. So. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was going to say I hope so. I hope, I hope that there's... <laughs> Not equity across platforms, but uh, as much as there was so much talk in the early days of this that, oh, we're all working together and sharing ideas and we don't want a format war, I just, I smell one coming. <laughs> and like this thing with, with Vive, you know, being able to play the Oculus games and, and Oculus reacting as, oh, they've hacked the thing and now we're going to be pissed. And that starts to, that starts to sound like formats to me. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, Sony is not going to be, you know, playing nice with anyone. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's starting to become big money, so I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be a format war for sure. And as you know, in those nascent industries, it always is. You start out, you know, inspired by everyone else, and then people start getting entrenched, and then there's a format war, and then a couple of them win out, because we're only talking about those, but there are a bunch of others, like lower-end mobile uh, devices as well. There are going to be in two, three, four years, there are going to be two or three left, and and that's what we're going to be playing with. Um, yep. But yeah, playing and doing other things as well. Um, all right, 
let's move on for, for v, from VR to talk about a bunch of Blizzard news. Um, this is old news, but it's become new again because basically it's happening next week. It's the release of uh, Whispers of the Old Gods on uh, Hearthstone. It's April 26th. Uh, I know, Scott, you're not the biggest Hearthstone fan. You, you play here and there. Um, Jeff, you mentioned you play sometimes. Are you excited about the Old Gods Whispers? Certainly looks very cool. Um, I've often said that I really only have room in my life for one Blizzard game at a time because they are all <laughs> consuming. Uh, and uh, and so right now that is that means Heroes of the Storm. So I, I'm I have put Hearthstone aside a bit for myself, uh, and I play Heroes of the Storm. Day. In fact, I was playing right before we started recording. Um, <laughs> uh, did I take you but, away from a, from a hero session? I'm sorry. Oh my we my team. We had the game won and the throws, my goodness. So it was it was probably best that I stopped playing because I was getting a little frustrated. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I love the fact that Blizzard and the the team that that is working on Hearthstone is putting out so much content so quickly and iterates so fast and is so responsive that they really between this and Here's the Storm, they really have completely rewritten the rules for what a blizzard game is as far, as far as how quickly updates happen and how quickly new content is released it's very exciting yeah i agree 100 i'm very excited about everything that's going on in there in that particular game space but the fact that hearthstone is bringing out formats is probably the thing that will get me back into the game patrick because my biggest hang-up has has been you know if i'm not actively in all the time and playing like some kind of hardcore freak I feel like I'm behind a billion cards. I'm behind a bunch of expansions. The content is fast and furious with that game, which is good. That's what we want. But I've always feel like I'm behind the eight ball and I can't compete or somebody's got a better deck than me. And it drives me nuts. And standards goes a long way or formats rather goes a long way to uh, to fixing that for me. Yeah. So I'm excited. For people who don't know, there are going to be basically two formats, one with a limited number of cards uh, called Standard, which is going to include cards from basically the past year and a half or so, year and a half, two years, uh, and Wild, which is going to be the, the format where any card is usable. Um, so that's going to happen on April 26th. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Um, and there are, you know, it's, it's going to be easier to get into it. And uh, I haven't played too much for a while, so I'm going to play again at that point, especially since uh, the beta for Overwatch is shutting down the day before. On April oh, 25th, um, the yeah. beta for Overwatch goes away, and uh, it will come back for the open beta for on May 3rd, so it's, you know, it's just a little bit over a week. Um, May 3rd for people who have pre-ordered or pre-purchased the game, and May 5th for everyone. That's going to be for a few days on all uh, three platforms, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, but yeah, it's going away, and, and really, just like the first time the beta went away, I'm wondering what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to walk aimlessly in the streets of Japan. I'm going to be, you know, lost and people are going to have to care for me for everything. I'm, I'm, my life will have no, no aim, no goal. Um, Scott, I know you're, you're Jeff. I think you you didn't get into Overwatch, which I think is a failing on your part. Uh, but Scott, <laughs> you're, <laughs> I think you're probably right. Scott, you're, you're pretty into it. Uh, although not, as much as you should, uh, but yeah, you're pretty into it. I'm guessing you're you're devastated by the fact that you're well, not going to be able to play for a week. 
if if by pretty into it you mean I play at least at least a couple times a day, then yes, I'm into it. I love that game, <laughs> and I am so excited for retail release. And the only time it's funny, the only time during the beta that I haven't touched it in the nine or so months that we've had it is during that free beta weekend over the weekend last weekend. Um, there was this influx of like popular Twitch people who are you know Cloud Nine CS:GO players that were just in their Smurfing accounts and playing with their friends and just wrecking new people who'd never tried the game before. And it really bothered me at a sort of a fundamental moral level that those guys would do that and stream it so brazenly. It really pissed me off. But outside of that, uh, it's my most anticipated game of the year. I freaking love it. I can't wait to play more. And, uh, you know, I knew it was going to end at some point, but it's really not that far for pre-orders. And, and the fact that we're getting Tracer and Heroes tomorrow is getting me plenty to do before then. <laughs> but between those two games, and that's the other reason Hearthstone just kind of sits. <laughs> like Jeff, I mean, I'm, I'm somehow I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this and Overwatch in. But between those two games, I just don't have, I don't have the time. Do you want to hear the now, worst thing possible, Scott? Yeah. The, the new WoW expansion is scheduled to drop <laughs> mere days before my child is due. My first child. I know. How do, how does that how how is a person supposed to function? <laughs> you're about to exit um let's see you're you're in full adult release you're about to exit that go back into alpha mode and uh then enter beta and then you'll get about high school age for the kid you'll be you'll be about to release again. Now your your whole everything about your life's about to change and that's going to be really interesting to see what you're able to to squeeze in there. Dude, I, I, I just realized that today. I logged on to, uh, to Here's the Storm, and they have that splash page on the new, you know, on the launcher. And it said, uh, here's the, or uh, wow, um, what do you call it? The, yeah, Legion, release date. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, I've been there, you know, I've been there for every wow expansion for yep. 10 years. I've been yep. there. On yep. day one, I've been, you know, clocking the hours. It's gonna, it's, it's all over for me. It's all over. Yeah, well, that kind of game. I, I don't know how well that game coexists. I mean, so when, when WoW came out in '04, I had a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a what is she? Ten? She was ten, I guess, at the time. So they were old enough to sort of be somewhat autonomous, and I could get, I kind of could get some game time in. It's much easier for me now on the other side of it. They're all a little bit older, but, but. uh yeah, that's that changes everything. I mean, it's all for the good and all for the better, but it must feel weird to know that in 11 years of a game that you've loved and and gone to every expansion uh, regularly that this this one may represent your well this that warlords may have represented your last real attempt to really go for it. It's well, crazy, so- man. I'm a little freaking out. I'm freaking out a little bit. I love that you're freaking out about having a kid, not because you're having a kid, but because it's going to eat up your wow time. I'm going to I'm going to only be able to play games that have a pause button. Oh my That's god. Right. Uh but Look so Scott, tell me, um what I hear from everyone is that in the first few weeks or months, it's really, you know, it's the lump you put it on on somewhere in a box and it sleeps and sometimes it wakes up and you have to feed it, but it's not too demanding. <laughs> Is that is that the case or here's the, here's the deal, and this is and I'm 100 confident that this is going to happen with Jeff because Jeff has the things Jeff likes. Jeff loves video games. He loves you know film. He loves all the things he loves. And what you end up doing is it kind of in the early days, yeah, they're just like these beings of chaos, and you have to you know they're pooping and they're been they're eating constantly, and they, you don't know why they're crying at three, and all those things are true. 
But as they start to grow up, even at a very young age, right away they'll be in your lap watching you play a video game. And before you know it, they're two and want to use the controller. And before you know it, they're playing it better than you are. And before you know it, they're as into video games as you, as you are. And before you know even that, you have an 18-year-old who's going to a university studying how to be an animator in video games. So my point is, it's, it all works out in the end. It seems like this long, drawn-out time and that it's going to kill your vibe, but it really won't. It might kill. It doesn't your help me for the Legion launch, Scott. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going way big picture here. Obviously, short term is a little tricky. But, That's yeah. like right. three expansions down the line, Scott. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're going to be able to have a unique experience here that none of the rest of us have. You're going to be in the VR, the brand new, exciting VR world, and this thing you could put on your head at any time. But you're not going to be able to unless the other adult, the team member, the wife is around to make sure the kid's okay because now you're in a place where you can't see what's going on. That is a wholly unique experience. <laughs> or, or, or you just put some sensors somewhere and you have a little uh, VR baby on the corner of <laughs> yeah, your yeah. eye that you can yeah. check and uh, if well, something happens. That'd be That's great awesome. if they could, in virtual reality, it turns the poop into like, you know, rainbows. Into, <laughs> But no, that's another reason why the uh, the Oculus delay and the Vive delay were so heart crushing. Because I was like, I have a precious little time here. Yeah, the clock's ticking, man. You gotta. My life is ending in a few months. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I think I think VR babies are going to be fine. You're going to be okay. It's going to be perfect and uh hopefully you will still have time to play but taking it uh, just a little bit uh, uh shorter term. Um, You're not into Overwatch, Jeff. However, as Scott mentioned, Tracer is releasing for uh, Heroes like tomorrow. Yeah. As a non-Overwatch yeah. fan, um, which, you know, I don't understand how that's possible. Are you excited <laughs> about Tracer? No, I mean, I think uh, I think Scott and I were sitting close to each other. or, or may, I don't remember. I think we were nearby when Overwatch was first announced at BlizzCon. And the first thing I thought when Overwatch was announced was, like, look at all these awesome characters that are going to be able to be brought into Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> in fact, you no, this is true. You were sitting in front of me, and you said those words. At some yeah. point, you either turned around or we talked after, and you said, they're all going to be in Heroes. I don't, care like, about, I don't care about new, new games. I'm just excited about new characters for my <laughs> other game. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very uh, excited about Tracer. Uh, I'm really excited, especially because her mechanics are so different. Um, it's just going to be really interesting. And I saw a tweet from Dustin Browder today basically saying that she has, like, no health because she's so powerful and uh, can move around so fast and has, has the ability to have her, you know, her ultimate right when you start playing. You don't have to level up to get her ultimate. It, there are so many different mechanics with her that she's basically a more glass cannon than even the glass cannons in the game now. So it's going to be a real interesting character to try. What, I, what she represents to me is also something unique in that game or in, in well, it, from a more philosophical philosophical point of view, I like to watch Blizzard do these these kind of strange insertions into any other games where they kind of break the wall a little bit and say, all right, we're taking a shooter where reload is the mechanic. There's no mana. There's no, you know, all these other like concepts kind of fall away and you're left with either trying to wedge her in and make her into something she's not or really honor her origins and figure out a way to still make it fit. And to watch them do that, and, and hopefully tomorrow to see them succeed at doing that, is so fascinating to me from just sort of a design development standpoint and how they tackle these challenges. And they always seem to be up to task. 
uh, to pull it off. So uh, very jazzed to see what she ends up doing to the meta, how she ends up being in the game, or if she gets, you know, Lunara and kind of forgotten a little bit. I, who knows? Like, yeah. we, we, I guess we have to wait and see tomorrow. And uh, so, yeah, she will be available probably by the time to listen to this or a few hours later. Um, as we we're saying, uh, Hearthstone expansion on the 26th, that's uh, about a week away. Uh, we have Overwatch, the open beta on May 3rd and actually 5th, if you haven't uh, pre-ordered or pre-purchased the game. The game itself launches May 24th, so you won't have too long to wait. Uh, Tracer in Heroes, possibly another hero coming after that from Overwatch. Nothing has been announced yet, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they did uh to coincide with the release uh you know we talk about blizzard often and we're all blizzard fans and i used to work at the company but i think there's so much happening in the company that it's definitely warranted uh the one thing you mentioned uh, we discussed the launch of legion on august 30th um the demon hunter class is going to be available a little bit before that for you to enjoy if you pre-ordered the game i think the announcement for the launch was a little bit underwhelming. Um, it's something that jumped at me with all of the uh, active communication that we're getting on the other teams, on Heroes and uh, Hearthstone and uh, Overwatch. The fact that they announced this without making a video, without having someone saying anything, maybe it's, you know, under-promising or delivering something, but it was basically just a tiny blog. I thought it was... For me, it's just another uh, uh, element of proof that I think there is a communication issue with the WoW team. It's they're not getting us excited as much as we should. And well, I have a theory about this, and we may have discussed it on the instance you and I. And I don't remember, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But it, it my theory goes like this: the game's 11 years old. Warlords of Draenor came out. And to much fanfare, so all the fanfare you feel like you're missing now, you got there. And it was well-received in its first you know, few weeks. Things got weird, less patches, not everyone's enamored with some of the systems. Uh, maybe at the, you know, they have their biggest loss of users ever. Um, you know, things just kind of fizzled real quick. And I don't even blame Warlords for that as much as I do. This is an 11-year-old game, and you can only blow their minds for so long. So what I think this, and this isn't even really that conspiratorial, but I think what they're doing is trying to temper those expectations and maybe over-deliver a little bit by being a little bit softer with everything. It's like, well, we'll just, you know, here's our date. Get excited. Here's a tweet. Here's a blog post. Um, yeah, otherwise, you know, they've been pretty quiet. Now, whether or not that's a good thing or a smart thing in the long run could totally be argued, and I happen to agree with you that that team is way less communica- uh, communicative than the other teams. And I and I miss that about them. Uh, however, it may be part of a plan to not try to set anyone's expectation, expectations so high that an 11 or 12 year old game cannot meet. Yeah. Does All that right. make well, sense? Yeah, it does. Let's hope that's it. And not just, you know, we don't have anyone who can speak in front of a camera. Um, I mean, I know they have people who can. It's just that they're maybe they're just busy making the game and they don't have time for all these this other nonsense, hopefully. Um, sure. All right, last bit of news for Blizzard. BlizzCon is happening November 4th and 5th. Uh, I will be there. I think Scott will be there. Um, so, yeah, we're super hyped for that, as always. And, I'll be there. And Jeff yeah. will be there, too, of course. I may have you're... a child on my hip, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so that's it. I for... hope so. I want to see the baby. I hope you have a baby in, a, in, the, car- in hey. the, the stroller and all that. That would be yeah, amazing. Man. Yeah, I would it's... love to have him meet Uncle Scott. 
Yeah, Kim would freak out. Oh my gosh, she's, need, she's already way excited. You need to start getting them into you know Blizzard fanboys or girls pretty early on. So I think that's, that's completely right. warranted. Yeah, <laughs> give him a little, give him a little uh, Murloc hat or something. You know, yeah, be great. Exactly. Oh, cosplay exactly. Murloc baby. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you Murloc, go. Murloc. Murloc. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He basically, uh, talks the same like that already. Anyway. <laughs> And just like Murky, you'll leave a big slime ball on the floor and uh, some sort of weird puffer fish looking thing. So, enjoy all right, that. I think now you have to do it. I think it's uh, it's a challenge that you have accepted. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on from Blizzard. Um, we had a bunch. Well, we do have still a bunch of uh, releases for this month outside of those games we mentioned. Uh, Quantum Break uh, was released a few a couple of weeks ago. Dark Souls was released last week. Uh, I know I don't think any of us played Dark Souls three. Uh, it's been getting awesome reviews though. It's basically the best of the series, or that's just about the best of the series. Uh, Star Fox Zero is releasing April twenty second in the U.S. at least. Uh, yeah, Dark Souls. Pretty cool. The best of uh, the best mix of one and two with some elements of uh, Bloodborne. I didn't really get into Bloodborne. I tried it, played it, played it for a few hours. Had that uh, amazing uh, drill sergeant analogy that I gave to Scott on this very show, which I think summarized the game pretty well. Um, but yeah, didn't get into uh, Dark Souls three. However, uh, Jeff, you played Quantum Break, and uh, I, so my impression about Quantum Break is. Yeah, it's okay. Seems fun, but not earth-shattering. Yeah, it, it it was a disappointment for me. I'm a big fan of Remedy games. I really love Alan Wake, and uh, I was a huge fan of the Max Payne series. I really, really enjoy uh, the games that this is the you know sort of the that predate this this game from that studio. And I was really excited seeing the level of ambition that Quantum Break has going for it i mean it's it's not only just a video game it's a video game and sort of a television series all at the same time and you go so back and is, forth as you play it is the series integrated in the game or is it something outside of the game you have to go watch well it's both <laughs> i okay. mean the, you will download it separately it's a streamed uh, uh, television show that's on xbox live but the game will seamlessly transition into those episodes at certain points. So you'll play, 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 and then it'll transition. You'll make a decision, and then it'll transition into this live-action, full, fully live-action television show uh, with all the same actors that are in the game, that you know their digital likenesses are in the game, uh, playing the same roles. And you get you know, like a 20, 25-minute television show where you sit back and you set the controller down and you watch it and then you go right back into the game uh which is a, i think a really interesting concept in in actuality it doesn't really work all that well for me um because you know i sit down to play a video game i kind of want to play a video game when i sit down to watch a tv show i kind of want to watch a tv show i don't i don't want to be imp- that ha- have that be imposed on me which one of those two things i'm doing um so and, and the game itself it plays really fun in the in the actiony shooty bits you you have all these time travel powers that you get to do that are really cool visually and actually uh, impact the the firefights in a really kinetic exciting way but a lot of the game isn't that a lot of the game is just sort of wandering around puzzle stuff and a lot of cutscenes that are in engine which are cool but it's like well if i'm watching a cutscene in the game 
and then I cut to a live action TV show that's basically a cutscene. Why did I watch a cutscene in the game? Like, why does aren't why aren't all the cutscenes live action? Or it just feels it feels very strange. And the, the game itself is sorry. Oh, I said, does it feel awkward? Yeah, it's awkward, and it, it, the game itself isn't strong enough. I think to just carry that over and smooth smooth those rough edges out for me um which is a shame because i think i think the shooting stuff is fun but it, it the game as a whole just feels very very cobbled together from a lot of disparate parts that don't really gel into a cohesive whole you know it, it what this makes me think of is the uncharted series where arguably you do have some significant gameplay and You also have it relies heavily on storytelling, you know, in engine, sure, but it's still there are scenes, I guess they're five minutes long at the most, but scenes where you just sit back and watch what's happening. Um, I think in that game, it's exceptionally well written, it's funny and engaging. I'm wondering which part of it doesn't work as well in Quantum Break, or maybe it's completely different. It is just the image I'm building in my head. But is there a relation there? Is there something to be said, or is it completely different? Yeah, I mean, I think the story is actually pretty cool. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for time travel stories. I like, I like that particular brand of sci-fi. And there's some fun science fiction concepts here. There's some cool, like, you know, um, messing with your head as far as what happened when and who was where and is he time traveling or is he not? Uh, that stuff is all handled pretty cool. But the quality of the live action TV series, it, I don't think compares with the best of what's on television. It's It feels more like, um, you know, sort of a bad uh, deep cable show. Uh, as mm. far as the quality level of the of the live action stuff, which is unfortunate because juxtaposing that right next to CG cutscenes, which or in engine cutscenes, which is really what they are, uh, which look really great. I mean, the graphics in the game are very very good until you compare them to the real world. <laughs> you know, when you have uh, the actor who was digitized, digitized. Right next to the actor in real life, you know, photographed with a live-action movie camera, you really are shown the limits of digitization. <laughs> you really are. Right, right. You really notice. You know, as as great as video game graphics are, they don't look like real life, and mm. you know, it, it almost does a disservice to how good the game looks by putting it right up next to the real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, it's a little bit disappointing, especially since Quantum Break was the, you know, it, it is one of the huge exclusives that Microsoft has for the Xbox One and actually uh, the PC, even though the, the PC launch hasn't been as uh, stellar as some might have hoped. Um, but yeah, so the fact that it's, and I was looking forward to it as well. It, I just happen to be in Japan now that, uh, so I can't really play it, but It feels like it's not. I'm not missing too much, which is disappointing in itself. Um, also, real quick on that, it feels like that game <clears throat> when it was announced originally with the Xbox One announcement, they had really grand plans for what that would be and other experiences like it, and what the Xbox One was capable of in meshing real live action and real gameplay. And like it was a much broader idea, and then. As the year went on, people started leaving, and suddenly that department got smaller, and I can't remember her name, but the one that was sort of leading that charge moved to a smaller department, and it just seemed less and less important on their 
you know, the side that was trying to, to take the two entertainment worlds and put them together, of which this game would be the great beacon of. And then, and then it just became, well, it's a game and we're making it and Remedy's great and here's your game. And I, yeah. and I, and I don't know if my perception of that is 100% ac- accurate, but I'll bet there are stories that people would tell if we could get the right people. I think, I think there's some of that for sure. Uh, I also think to an extent, this is just speculation on all of our parts now, but I also think that they tried to do this and sort of they realized what Jeff was saying, that it doesn't gel as well as they hoped. Uh, that when you put them together, some of it looks weird just for, because of the fact that it's, uh, standing close to the, you know, it's it's as if I was standing uh, next to let's say Colin Farrell. You're like, yeah, Patrick looks pretty good. He's 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 a you know handsome person. And then you look at Colin Farrell and you're like, oh well, okay, well he's no that. So there right. you go. And it doesn't work as well as you think it would initially. I like so. how you picked Colin Farrell. I don't I think do that would have been my first. My first go-to. It's wait, it's an unsurprising it, pick. It's wait, wait, wait. Am I am I confusing two people? No, no, Colin Farrell's gotta, attractive. Right. He is. Attractive. He's very attractive, but he's oddly specific, is all I would yeah. say. I guess, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe I should have picked... <laughs> wait, who who would you have picked? I, um, I mean, I think the obvious one everybody would say would be Brad Pitt, right? But you you went with, with a much more uh, eclectic pick, and I, I give yeah. you props for that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Actually, you know who I think looks really, really good? Do you watch that show, <laughs> Madam Secretary? Sorry, this is a no. tangent. But... No. Let's uh, talk uh, about hot guys, though, for a while. Okay, <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> so, Madam Secretary, I think it's a pretty good show. Um, there is the the guy who plays his wife is really yummy. I'm just, you know, he, he's uh, Tim Tim Daly. Tim da- Daly. I don't know what his, how you pronounce it. Oh, Tim Daly, like from from like Wings. This is the guy. I don't know where he's from, but yeah, no, he was from Wings. Yeah, no, he's there you he's, go. he's yeah. It's funny. Uh, my man crush. Is is also a Tim. Uh, for me, uh-huh. it's it's Timothy Oliphant from. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, oh he's got he that dream boat. Thanks, thanks for the reminder. My favorite TV show is no longer on the air. Damn it. Uh, right. Yeah. No. Well, I, Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. No. I agree. I agree. I mean that he I could a, definitely not stand boat. close to to, to <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Oh my god. Uh, he is so, and he's gruff. He's like, you know what? Uh, full circle, Jeff. You should play. Mc- you should try McCree in Overwatch. He's basically the the gruff Timothy Oliphant character in a game. Yeah. So there you go. I played McCree. I tried them all. I gave them yeah. all a shot. I, it's yeah. it's not that I haven't found the character that works for me. I was playing. You know, I was I was playing Mercy a lot. Everybody says play Mercy because it's you know it's easy to play Mercy. Uh, I just it's just first person shooters in a competitive level. <laughs> Just not my jam. Right. Just not my jam. Now, you're, you're just making me upset, Jeff. Let's move on. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's talk about Tom Hardy because he's my. Never mind. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, two Tims, two Tims and one Tom. I think, you there know. There you go. Uh, Enter the Gungeon is an indie hit. It's sort of a roguelike thing that I don't know much about, but apparently it's awesome. And Scott, you love it. And Stardew Valley is another indie hit that it's got a million copies sold. Oh my God. It's basically, what's this silly 3DS game like where you have to bring flowers to your neighbors? Um, Well, it's a combination of two games. So you're, I think the inspiration is clearly from two things. One is from Harvest Moon, an old Super NES title that uh, was more of a farming simulator type thing. And then uh, Animal Crossing, which is a more recent um, development or certainly, you know, GameCube and forward. Uh, I think even the N64 had one in Japan. But anyway, 
the uh, this is kind of the the weird love child of those two games, and it and it borrows m- much from both. What's amazing about it isn't that it's uh, as well thought out or as in depth as it is, because it really is impressive. If this was a, t- a team of ten or fifteen people, or even a, an old school hundred person team for Nintendo back in like ninety five, it would be impressive on those levels. It's one freaking guy does everything: music, programming, all of it. He's some kind of super genius. And if you like those games at all, then you get completely roped in and you can't wait for the next day so you can see how your harvest did. And then you got to go into town and meet the dude who's going to give you the thing. And there's all kinds of like weird uh, wizards and, and like supernatural stuff in there. There's a combat element. You go in these caves and you mine for stuff and you have currencies of various types and you spend them on things. And you're just always improving stuff. Some kind of weird alien conspiracy going on. And at the core of it, you're just trying to plant turnips in the spring and tomatoes in the summer and like, you're, you know, you're farming crap. And there's just a really, really good loop to it. It reminds me of um, the civilization, just one more turn, one more turn kind of problem. And it's just in this case, it's one more day, one more day, because at the end of the day, you go to sleep and you get up and you go do it again. And you always feel compelled to keep going because there was something you just left that you can't wait to see how it went the next morning. It's a real booger of a game, that thing. And he deserves all the credit. It's in, it's insane that one guy put that game together. I can't believe that. And I love that we live in a world where that can happen. You know, I say it all the time, but indie hits like this are, are proof that single visionaries have a have a path. If they if they really have something special to do, they can they can blow everyone's minds. And I and you know, part of this is a lot of people love those titles I mentioned and want a new Harvest Moon style experience because nobody's really given it to them, including Harvest Moon. So, you know, why not? Why not this guy? Why not now? Why not PC? That's what I say. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, it's really that, good. Yeah, that this game is, is out on PC uh, as well. That's kind of a, a thing that wouldn't have happened five years ago, I don't think, or even three years ago, maybe. But uh, Eric Barone is the name of the dude who is making that game. So props to him. A million copies yeah. sold. That's pretty impressive. It just came it out really like well. three weeks ago, too, so... Yeah, he did really well with it, and I hope he continues to... I mean, it just showed real promise. To me, it's like, maybe not quite the the breadth of Minecraft's impact, but it's the, that same feeling of, oh my gosh, a guy did this? Whoa. Mm, and then to see where he goes next, like Jonathan Blow style, will be really interesting. As far as Enter the Gungeon goes, it is... And this is why I think Jeff's going to want to play it. It's basically Rogue Legacy, but with guns. Um, top yeah, down, it, uh, looks awesome. Pixelated. Have you played it? Oh my gosh, dude! I played it at PAX. Uh, I played it at PAX. The last PAX I went, PAX South, um, and uh, it's awesome. Honestly, though, Scott, I'll be I'll be real honest with you. I'm I'm kind of a little sick of that sort of Devolver digital art style. That like retro all art art style is a bit Pixelated, of a turn off. Yeah, yeah. It's um. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think it's a little overplayed at this point. Um, I don't think it's going to stop it. It's like the zombie genre. It's like we're all a little tired of it, but they're just going to keep. It's going to keep happening. Um, so I don't know if that's good or bad. But my, I wouldn't disagree. Like it, a different approach could be fun here. It doesn't have to all look like my SNES is, you know, yeah. doing. Um, that aside, the the loop in that is really good in the way that Rogue Legacy is. Uh, you go into these randomly generated places, you blow up a bunch of crap, very creative, funny stuff like these weird bullet creatures that are basically bullets with faces and the shotgun ones shoot shotguns and, and they look like a shotgun shell and, and the little bullets do different things and 
the bosses are kind of ridiculous and awesome and uh, there's just a lot to love about it um my only two complaints is the co-op is local only and lets you only be the only you can only be one of the characters if you're the co-op person getting in whereas the other person has access to these four other classes um that's kind of annoying and weird kind of a weird mario galaxy kind of pick up the coins kind of way it's not quite that bad but um and then the um, what was the other thing? Maybe that's it. Everything else about it, I really, really adore. But I but you're not wrong. Like we've been retroed to pieces, and this is the kind of game that you could have taken a, a without any more overhead. Could have taken a more um, uh, you know unique approach to the visuals and come away with something a little less chunky. So I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But the gameplay itself is astoundingly good. It's really, really good. It's like fourth, fourth most uh, streamed game on Twitch or something right now. It's crazy. I have to agree with the retro. How did you put it? Retro to death. Uh, yeah. I'm sort of getting a little bit sick of it. I'm fine with some games being retro, but I think uh, it's a little bit too much now. But uh, um, all right. Just a quick, Jeff, if you, if you need to jet, uh, just let us know. Just have a few uh, additional tidbits. Yeah, I think maybe I will use this opportunity to head out. I appreciate it. Sorry, I have another. I have to go record the slash film cast, but I, I appreciate being on. It was it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for That's being all. here. Uh, slash film film cast, of course. Uh, DLC. If you want more Jeff uh, talking about video games and and board games, uh, and of course at uh, Jeff Canada on Twitter. Two ends one T. Correct. Did I forget anything? Uh, well, there's like three other shows I do, but it's fine. That's plenty. I appreciate <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> <laughs> right right i wasn't gonna go the full jeff catalog people I, you have to leave <laughs> some of the mystery you know to for people to discover all right thank you so it. much Thanks, jeff guys. have a good day right, See you, man. Have a good night Bye. oh right night i mean i meant you know day yeah, for me for you, night for everyone else you're all, so i guess you're not jet lagged anymore right well it's been two weeks if i was still jet lagged it would be kind of weird uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, Japanese doctor. If you're still jet lagged after two, yeah, weeks. exactly. Um, oh, you know what? We didn't. That that is the weirdest uh, mind uh, path to take. We didn't talk about uh, Heroes of the Dorm, which I wanted to oh. mention and completely forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the reason I wanted to uh, this made me think of it is that it made me think of an, what you said made me think of a Viagra ad that I saw while I was VPNing to the US for some reason I can't remember on CBS I was watching something oh no right I was watching a, a 60 minutes uh, report on hacking phones and there was this Viagra ad that made me think of the American uh, healthcare system which made me think of uh, the weirdness of Heroes of the Dorm where people compete to get their tuition paid because it's not uh, available, you know, education is not free in the US. And that made me think of uh, the Hunger Games where people compete <laughs> to get, you know, it's weird. And I understand how ridiculous this sounds. I know. No, I love it. I but love that you connected all these things had a path for you in this, in this like win, one continuous brain fart. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. So, um, yeah, Heroes of the Dorm, um, just to say a couple of words about it, I thought it, the, the production quality was amazing. Um, yeah, really. And it was, you know, it was compelling and well done. And uh, the new 
uh, observer mode is stellar. It allows you to follow the action really quickly, really well. Uh, and you know, I was just, I just wanted to mention the fact that I thought production quality was, I have never th seen, and maybe I haven't, I haven't watched enough of it, but I have never seen an esports event produced so well and so approachably. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to mention it. Yeah, it was really good. I watched most of it and had uh, a blast watching it. I only really have one complaint about the whole thing, and that's that ASU was ASU so dominant. won everything, yeah. They just won everything, and they won it so handily that it, it was like one of those Super Bowls where the other team just sucks. <laughs> and and the, and the whole thing's such a blowout that it's not really that entertaining of a game because um, it, just, it just was like, well, let's, let's watch ASU destroy everybody. But... It it once again proved just the kind the level of excitement that those games can provide is unmatched as far as esports as far as I'm concerned I loved it yeah had a really good time with it yeah I'm looking forward to all the finals and all the other stuff coming up the summer the summer bracket stuff and then the the winter and all that and then as we get up to you know BlizzCon it is I mean BlizzCon more and more is is a um, esports event anyway but I am I am all in on all that I am ready for more esports in my life. Yeah, I'm getting more into into esports, and mainly, uh, possibly because of the fanboy fanboyism in me for Blizzard esports. It's uh, it's pretty. It's the one that I gravitate towards. But uh, yeah, and I, I, I suspect that is my. You know, you and I love Overwatch, and we've been playing it a ton. And and I, I wish I could, if I could make out with Overwatch, I would. Uh, <laughs> I, I suspect. So I get I get Tom Daly, and you get Overwatch. That that works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I will make out with a video game, and oh, you can Tim. have a washed-up actor from the eighties. Yeah. Um, but I'm he's not I'm washed excited. up. Have you seen him in Madam Secretary? <laughs> no, he is really grizzled, good. and he is okay. Anyway, sorry. Let's. I hear he's really good, but my point is that Overwatch is going to get serious. Well, he wouldn't quite admit it on the show, but like serious esports treatment. And that is so exciting to me. I can barely stand to be next to myself right now. I'm so excited about that game. Um, all right. Uh, very quick bits of news. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 has a launch date. That's September 30th. Uh, Titanfall 2 is going to be revealed in June, very likely at E3. Uh, I'm excited about that one. That's one of the ones I put in my list of the uh, sequels I was looking forward to for this year. And um, so, yeah, that, that we had a teaser trailer which showed nothing. Well, it showed swords, which is cool. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Orcs yeah. Must Die Unchained is available in open beta. If you want to try that out, uh, go ahead. It's I love the initial Orcs Must Die, and uh, I think that one looks nice. It's a, still a first-person tower defense, but mixed with MOBA elements. So that's I played it. Fun. It's okay. It's good. It's all right. I don't. I don't know. I came away a little disappointed. I think Overwatch is ruining me on other games <laughs> that are supposed to be similar, and even this one had like. The E does this, and the shift does that, and the Q does that. Like, it, there's a very similar kind of structure to uh, ultimate powers and things. And I got in there, and I started cranking away at it, and I went, you know, I could just be playing Overwatch right now. And I did. <laughs> so I got out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny because there are a bunch of games that some of them had been in development before even Overwatch had been announced, uh, but they're getting lumped together as the hero shooters. There's Paladins, there's Battleborn, there's uh, a bunch of others. I mean, even Orcs Must Die is kind of in the same category. Um mm -hmm. None of them are, I mean, they're in the same ballpark, but some of them are extremely different. Um, 
And talking about this, there's a 12 minute video for Battleborn, basically the introduction, uh, to the game for most people. Uh, it's going to release in just a couple of weeks. It's releasing, uh, May 3rd. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's Battleborn is that game where it feels like what I don't, I don't want to be disparaging and I hate that I don't love it more. Uh, the presentation, maybe the game is awesome. I haven't even tried it, but the 12 minute bootcamp trailer is makes it seem like, you know, there's, there are all these different heroes, the different characters that are, it feels like they're, trying to be different but really they're just generic like there's this one that i that i keep referring to which is the um uh, penguin in a mech suit and mm-hmm. i i mentioned it i think a few uh, you know months ago when it was when the character was introduced it's like it's gonna be funny because it's a penguin and he's cute and cuddly but he has this mech suit with giant guns and it feels like it would have been funny 20 years ago or something. I don't know. It feels, I don't want to say lazy because it certainly, it, it, it took a lot of work and Gearbox is an awesome company that I love. But I think it's kind of the same uh, for me as you with Overwatch. It's kind of, and maybe, you know, again, I want to be very clear. Over, I haven't played Battleborn. Maybe when I play it, because I will, uh, it's going to be awesome and incredible. But it, it feels like Overwatch is so polished in every way and the community response has been... I mean, the team, the development team has been so on point with their communication and the way they've crafted the game. Um, it just works well for me. And it feels like yeah. it it sort of dominates the other games in that quote-unquote category in the same way that maybe World of Warcraft dominated the other MMOs for so long where you would try them and you would always compare every element of them to that game that you loved. Um, right. So Yeah, I'm having that problem. Um, I played a little bit of, of Battleborn and was completely bored by it, and I don't know why, because, again, I think I actually kind of like character design in it. I just think that it's um, there's something uninspired about it, and I don't know what that is. I can't really put my finger on it. I also want to try Paladins, but my, my initial blush on Paladins is that it looks very... It, well, honestly, it looks like an Overwatch clone in almost every way. And, and that one, it has. there is no way that this was not inspired by an Overwatch clone. There's a big tank character with a giant shield in front of them, and they walk out third person in front of it and uh, block a bunch of damage. There's somebody with a, with a bow that's always held sideways, a girl character in there. There's a, a mech character that sets up in a kind of mech position, sort of Bastion style. Like, if, if, if this game isn't directly trying to out overwatch overwatch then i then i will eat my hat i don't Um, you know i i really don't think so the thing is it 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 is a uh say that you could say that about overwatch you could say oh well they got turrets just like no the thing is i think when you set up a game an fps in that way which is based on heroes and they each have a role and you try to give different things to do to different heroes i think you end up having the same kind of archetypes like the big tanky guy which puts out a shield is not you know the most incredible thing to think up when you're when you're thinking of a game like this if you tell me they have a symmetra like character that 
Maybe, you know, there there are some very specific characters like Tracer who can blink forward and then come back in time. Maybe that's a little bit more specific. Um, I think the big tank and the turret are the kind of places you get to when you try to design a game that works in that space of post-MOBA FPS kind of game. Um, yeah, no, you're right. And my bias is probably playing a huge role in this because I, you know, mm. Blizzard has let, never let me down. There's a measure of trust there that I, that I don't have with these other guys yet. Um, the one I'm kind of interested in that we didn't talk about is the one that Epic's making called... Yeah, Paragon. Oh, I played it. Yeah. Paragon. What'd you think of Paragon? Uh, it It is very epic uh, in the name of the company sense not in the uh, adject- adjective sense uh, it's very mm-hmm. epic in it, all of the the heroes are like badass it's almost like it's not as much as something like gears of war but it's certainly a, a very like everyone has to be the 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 cool awesome like looking at you sideways character uh, mm-hmm. and the other thing is it's incredibly moba like it yep. is very, very much more than any of the other games in those categories. Paladin has a little bit of this, but not as much. It's a very different game from Overwatch, but it has some other issues. Uh, but Paragon is very, very much a MOBA. You have the lane, you have to push. The games take, you know, almost an hour if it goes long, but minimum of 30 to 35 minutes. Um and it it didn't appeal to me because of that. I think it's very classic MOBA, but uh, it's it's super well made. I think it's all of those games are going to find maybe not all of them, but some of them are definitely going to find their crowd, which who think that Overwatch is too something, to this or to that. But um, yeah. I think the the thing that I that that resonates with me for many of those is what you said. Be, for them being uninspired i think especially paladins and battleborn feel a little bit uninspired and i think that's what you get when you don't have you know all the money in the world and all the time in the world taking that you can spend making this one game right you have a smaller team which is focusing on on something very specific uh so it's natural but yes i think that it does feel a little bit uninspired so. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a weird. It's such a. It's, this feels like it's a Armageddon and Deep Impact time. It's it's time for all these cloning yeah, things to of. happen. And here's the one sad sad note or sub uh, sub thing I'd say about this whole competition, and that is, in a way, it hurt them to be ahead of their time. But the guys over at High Res Studios, who currently are working on Smite, and Smite's kind of their main thing now, they did Tribes Ascension what two three years ago now. Yeah. That game Tribes. positioned now, like if this was the year Tribes was coming out again <laughs> and bringing back all the old Tribes players, plus bringing in a new bunch of aspects, plus maybe focusing a little bit more on this unique character stuff. If they would, if that was the world Tribes was existing in right now, they would be the number one competition for Overwatch in my head. Well, they're the ones doing just, Paladins. But oh, yeah, were they Paladins? Right. I thought they were. Uh, oh, you're right. That is high res. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, but you're right. I mean, Palad- uh, uh, Smite was basically that before it was a thing. And uh, they're a little bit more MOBA-y, but still, it is that. Um, and and you know what? I hate being so... It feels like we're crapping on all of them. I, I don't think that's what we, we intend to do. It's just that it, it it that's the way it feels now, being immersed in that world of Overwatch. Um, 
maybe things are going to work out differently in a few months and we're going to try all of those because of Overwatch and we get tired of it and we go, oh, I wonder what, you know, Battleborn is like nowadays or what Paladins well, is doing. But um, Shooters are, are about to make a big comeback and I guess I, I'm pleased just about that in general and and everyone can fight about their favorite brand and we can get all Coke and Pepsi about it all people want to. But, yeah. but the idea that shooters are finding their way back and they're not just military Call of Duty business that we've gone back to a more stylized science fiction approach is delightful for me. And I can't get enough of it. So I say the more the merrier and let's see what shakes out and I'll play whatever's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. It's kind of like the VR talk we were having earlier with the format wars. Now we're having, you know, a bunch of games in the same genre, which was inspired by the prevalence of FPSs. And as you were saying, the uh, uh, we were saying the post-MOBA uh, this is basically a post-mobile world. Everyone is inspired by that as well. Uh, and there are way too many competitors in that space right now. There are maybe five or six. Uh, I think two or three are going to remain. And uh, th- there are going to be players for all two or three because obviously not everyone is going to like everything. And there are some people who don't like Overwatch. I don't know why. I don't understand the way that brain works. I can't love Overwatch. How is it possible? <laughs> Game is so good in every way. Yeah. All right. So I think I think that's a good place to end the show. The game is so good in every way. If if you didn't get the message, we love Overwatch. <laughs> so I think that's at least that that is has been made clear in this show. Um, I want to thank uh, God of Wine from uh, the UK who left a review on on Pixels. Uh, he says great podcast and a bunch of other flattering things. So thank you so much. Um, I would. Uh, he says it feels it's most suited for people who have grown up uh, with games uh, of all platforms who enjoy reflecting on the experiences in the industry, not just playing them. Great stuff. Thank you so much, God of Wine. Uh, if you enjoy the show and want to help us out a little bit, uh, please go to uh, your podcast uh, catalog of choice, be it at iTunes or apparently it's coming to the Google Play Store soon and I don't I don't think I can submit Overwatch uh, Overwatch I can submit pixels to uh, to Google yet because I don't have a, a US account I'll check it out but if you find it there please go and leave a review help us out with a few stars or uh, a good ranking thing a good marking uh, it would be very kind of you and uh, it would help us out so uh, please do that if you want to thank you very much uh, Scott where can people find you on the internet? Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> best place is probably between the website at frogpants.com, where it just links to everything that's that's going on, or they can follow me at Scott Johnson on Twitter. And um, just put a note out there that upcoming, let's see, the 5th, I guess, of, of May is Free Comic Book Day. And every year I give free prints uh, that I create. Myself and my daughter are now doing it. It's kind of a four-year tradition where we send free artwork anywhere in the world to anybody who wants it as a way of saying thanks for being fans of Frog Pants shows and all that sort of stuff. So uh, there's no there's no hitch or no, no uh, you know, there's no other reason. It's all free. There's We're not keeping anything or doing anything weird. We're just sending you free stuff. So if you're interested in that, just keep an eye on my Twitter, at Scott Johnson, and details will be posted soon. That is awesome. Uh- Give us the date again. Uh, I think it's May 5th. I got to remember free comic book day 2016. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that's right, but I think it's May 5th and I'll have something up before that. um, So that know what's going on. But um, actually I can tell you, Oh, it's May 7th. Sorry. May 7th this year. All right. Cool. So So at, at Scott Johnson on Twitter anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
For me, it's at NotPatrick on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you can also find this show on Frenchspin.com. And uh, there is another one called The Phyllis Club that you might enjoy. That uh, is a show where we get people from different places in the world to get together and discuss stuff. Uh, discuss stuff like uh, the news and how they saw it from uh, the past few weeks or months uh it's always a good conversation it's a great perspective on uh, the the way we think things are um and uh, i really think you would enjoy it so go check it out it's at frenchspin.com thank you so much for listening to the show we will be back in a couple of weeks with another one talk to you then bye As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.